Welcome to the Suburbs. I'm Kim. I'm Juice. And, and this, this is Suburban, Suburban Pod. Pod. We're just two bougie Negroes trying to figure out how to express our blackness in white spaces. Follow us on Twitter at Suburban Pod. And follow us on Instagram at Sub underscore Urban Pod. All right, enjoy. If you follow me on Instagram, then you'll be able to ask some questions or whatever you want. What? That's, that's what we doing. We going live for y'all to ask us questions what? so we can answer the questions live. What? 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 <laughs> that ain't no problem. But, uh, so how have you been? Um, I've been good. I've been good lately, despite this sad ass weather. I'm gonna have to Angela Yee you and you're gonna spit the gum. Oh man. damn, I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, despite this sad ass weather, you know what I'm saying? Like I've been I've been alright. I uh did my rounds yesterday. Mm. Um Yo, I actually did bring our my list in. Bring today. your list. So that's all you did for Valentine's weekend? That was your uh I <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I uh, I did also scroll up and down my uh, timeline, <laughs> laughing hysterically. <laughs> Insert man laughing while getting into car. <laughs> and then also I did listen to if you think you're lonely now. Waiting until tonight, girl. That Bobby Womack. Bobby Womack's on the radio. Um, and also, I was editing the podcast that day. So, I'm uh, doing a little uh, drinking also. Mm. So, I was in a good mood. <laughs> and then I woke up the next day in bad mood again. Damn. But, yeah. I had a pretty chill Valentine's. What about you, my lady? Well, me and my tits were out. <laughs> and Casey was there too, but mostly the titties were me out. Me and my titties. <laughs> Why? You just felt the need to you know, stunt as a motherfucking habit? It's just one of those. Honestly, me and a group of coworkers decided that that's what we were going to do. And then the coworkers kind of flaked. So. so Kim and her best friends decided to go. <laughs> That's like a thing. What? That girls do. What? Flaunt it? No, like for Valentine's Day, just go out. Like. No, I, I was using metaphoric best friends, meaning oh, you lay it with your, your tits out. I, I see. I'm so dumb. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> I wish I had the little. But yeah. Um, yeah, no. I did think about going out. I was, <laughs> me and Wendy were talking about trying to do the speed dating thing. Yeah, somebody else told me about that. Or did I tell you about that? I think you told me, and then she told me. And then, yeah, because when we edited Cause it, it was, was like $25 or something. At the end of our episode, we're talking about it like, well, yo, we should do it. I'm starting to think you don't listen to our episodes. <laughs> I, really, 
I really, I don't know what it is. Like, I, it's just like once I hear it, I'm like, okay. You got to do it for. It's like a journal entry. It is, but you got to. I listened to it like six, seven times. Yeah, but you have to. One day it'll be me. Mm. You have to. Wow. I mean, you don't have to. No, I got to because you won and done. <laughs> I could. I Listen, if I knew more about editing, I would do it. We have to have like a real session though. Yeah. You gave me like the spark notes. <laughs> and I forgot all that shit. <laughs> Didn't retain shit. Anyway, what were we talking about? V Day. Um, yeah. Me and Casey, we got really drunk and it was weird because it was one of those nights where like you just ever have those weird nights where you drink and you just get way more fucked up way easier than normal? Yeah. Usually it's because I haven't eaten. I don't think that was it for either of us, but it was one of those nights. I think we only had maybe like four drinks and they were pretty spaced out to begin with, but four drinks for the whole night. We got home and we were tore up and hung over the next day. But y'all do work out a lot too. So it might, the recipe might be hitting a little harder for y'all right now. Maybe. Cause y'all are burning calories and stuff. Y'all it's going to hit harder. It was just crazy. It was just weird. Like I remember waking up the next day, like, did we drink that much? And we literally had to sit there and count. Like, no, dude, we only had four. And I was like, damn. What were, we, were we all drinking? Um, First, we, nope, we had whiskey all night. Well, whiskey is, did y'all have well whiskey or were y'all going branded? No, Jameson. <laughs> no. <laughs> you uh, peasant. <laughs> I try not to do well anymore unless I just know that I'm about to go in. To the window. But, yeah. (laughs) But, um, yeah. I think I might go if I'm still single next year. (laughs) I think I'll go out on uh, Valentine's Day. Why not? I mean, I wasn't opposed to it. It's just that I was trying to finish that. Yeah. To have it. Like, I was already late because it was one segment I couldn't get right. So I just ended up just scrapping that shit. And it was a lot of good shit, too. Sometimes you got to cut the finger. Yeah. That's that's why I do kind of like the longer sessions. Because by the end of it, we're like on one. Mm. Like, See, it's I, like a it's like I'm a warm the opposite. Up. I feel like we end up going so much more all over the place. And we can't bring it back in when we're longer. Yeah, but with the magic of editing. I know it helps with editing because... If you listen to the episodes, Kim. (laughs) Wherever we're lacking, I know that it's better to have more content to pull from, but I don't know. It's just one of those things. It is. I'm still just honestly not used to hearing my voice either. Still. I am used to it. The only thing I hate is because of asthma and years of smoking. (laughs) I have a lot of uh, plosives, as we'll say. I don't have good voice control. <laughs> and I don't I'm, even know what that means. Then I'm <sighs> <sighs> like, damn, you recording Darth Vader? That's fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's your new nickname, Darth Vader. Anyway. <laughs> If we gonna hit the live by six, we need to hit it.
So, speaking of last week's Valentine's theme, um, So Far Gone's 10th anniversary was also last week. Mm -hmm. So, it was made available on all streaming services. And so, I had been listening to them, that Piff thing. And then I listened to the remastered one, or slightly remastered one on Spotify. I'm so glad I discovered that Piff the app i never knew it was an app until like a couple months ago especially like because the mixtape era most of that is copyright infringement like a motherfucker so it leaves a place for that piff to be kind of the curator of that whole era Mm -hmm. and if you were illegally downloading music or using mixtapes like everybody in our generation was that piff was a constantly used a tab in your uh, Google Chrome. (laughs) True. So, like, Jake, like, I started talking about mixtapes, and Jake said something about finding it, and I told him about that piff. He's like, yo, I remember that piff. That piff. Like, I remember when it was hot, and everybody was talking about it in high school and shit, and then Mm -hmm. in college. Because it was so many Lil Wayne mixtapes that you needed yes. one central location where you could find actual Lil Wayne stuff. Because people would take Lil Wayne's verses off of this original song I, and add it to something else. I swear that piff was so Lil Wayne heavy. <laughs> yeah. But, um, okay. Uh, as a broad, I was going to lead to this, but it's, we can we can play around with it. What are what is a top five? What are your top five mixtapes of like the mixtape era? Like we'll say from two thousand eight, well no, two thousand seven through two thousand thirteen. Damn. Mm, I would have to go through a list. I can't name mixtapes off the top of my head, especially correlating with the years. Okay, what so, were, like, college years? Lil Wayne, for sure. Like, No Ceilings mixtapes. Um, it's literally going to be all Lil Wayne. <laughs> okay, mine are uh, the mixtape about nothing, Wale. I'm not a huge Wale fan. What? We've, we've discussed this. No, but I think it's because you haven't listened to like a mixtape about nothing or his early mixtapes. Maybe. Um, 100 Miles and Running, Wale. Cushion Orange Juice. Dedication to Lil Wayne. Because I think that's the greatest mixtape of all time. That's way better than No Ceilings to me. Dedication 2 and Drought 3 are killing No Ceilings. Which shows how absurd that Lil Wayne was in that era. I wasn't really like mixtape heavy in high school though. And that was right around high school. Yeah, going into college. Drought 3 and Dedication 2. Yeah, Drought 3 came out our senior year of high school. Dedication 2 came out, I think, our junior year. Yeah, see, I ain't know nothing about it. Lost Ones. That's a mixtape. I just looked up a list of mixtapes. <laughs> or I looked up top 10 mixtapes um, from 2007. 
And number 10 is Lost Ones, DJ Noodles, and Jay-Z. Man, fuck What? That. No, I ain't talking about those mixtapes. I'll talk about, like, the, the mixtapes that were almost, like, albums. Right, that's what I was thinking. But, I mean, the Drought 3 is on here. This yeah, is but, a weird list. Yeah. I was the, just trying to jog my memory of that era. The prime <laughs> era of mixtapes is probably about 09. Because you have the warm-up by J. Cole. You have had So Far Gone. You have all currencies, a million mixtapes. It's somebody big I'm forgetting. Oh, Mac. Mac Miller. Yeah. The kids mixtape, which is still perfect. And best day ever. Um, um that era was full of mixtapes that were way better than albums. Mm. The dipset albums of that time. <laughs> Like, it's three different eras of, like, mixtapes. The early era is, like, the 50-cent mixtapes, the Dipset mixtapes, the Squad mixtapes with Lil Wayne. Then it's, like, the leading to, like, the golden era. So it's Drought 3, Dedication 1, Dedication 2. Um, Wiz had a mixtape in our, our senior year of high school. I can't remember. Drake's comeback season. Which is before, so far gone. Wale's hundred miles of running. I just think I wasn't even like heavy on mixtapes. Period. Then I think I was more about just albums. I don't think you were really listening to rap then either. To be all the way honest, probably not as much. Yeah, no, it was more more like R and B type shit. Because it was like a queer divide. Like now, I listen to Kanye. Yeah, but. You know, I listen to Kanye. But Kanye, you gotta it's hard to divorce all of the sins of Kanye West <laughs> from who Kanye West was the year we graduated from high school. Everybody listened to Kanye then. Does that does that discredit me listening to Kanye in two thousand nine? No, but I'm saying like it's almost <laughs> like saying like somebody now being like, I listen to Drake. I mean, also, like I said, like that was a time where I was real heavy on Lil Wayne. I also listened to a little bit of Jay-Z, started getting more into his shit, but it was mostly like R&B for me. We also grew up in a weird time, too, because Jay-Z had retired our last two, like two of our years in high school, and Lil Wayne had become the greatest rapper alive. So Jay-Z had to come and shake the dust off. He was still (laughs) making music, even though he was (laughs) retired. Right. And then he had Kingdom Come, our senior year, which was a better album than what people realized. It's aged very well. And then he came out with American Case. But I digress. Let's get back to So Far Gone. <laughs> so, So Far Gone is the first uh, Twitter moment that I remember connected to music. Because I remember people were counting down when it was going to happen. Like, another thing. My 10-year anniversary on Twitter was a couple weeks ago. So um, I was on Twitter at the time of So Far Gone. Mine will be in October of this year. I remember like specifically getting a Twitter October. I want to say it was like Halloween night. <laughs> I got it after Obama got elected because that's when I first heard about it. I don't know if it was called Black Twitter then, but that's when I started hearing it. It wasn't. It was not called Black Twitter then. Then I think it was more focused on like A&M. So I started following a lot of A&M cats. Mm -hmm. But it was the makings of Black Twitter. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was. 
Like that's when it was more centralized. It was almost like how when Facebook first started. Yeah. How it was centralized to campuses. It was. And then like so you, we would start following people y'all followed and it was an exchange. It was a confederation of we black were, right. Twitter. We were able to keep up with each other <laughs> in different communities. Right. <laughs> and so part of that was we were able to share music with people. So I remember people were especially women because women have been Drake fans from the beginning. True. They were waiting for that mixtape. And so when it dropped, everybody got a link to it. You know, of course, a couple times that piff probably didn't work for you. <laughs> but eventually everybody got it. That album, when I was listening to it the other day, it's just crazy to think about I remember listening to this shit when I was 20 fucking years old. I remember. I saw you tweeting about it. It was like, yo. And then it was just weird, man. Like, I remember the crushes I had Bro, listening to those songs. That's and who the they... kind of shit Drake makes, though. Like, his shit is timeless. And that's when I was on that pussy shit. So I was really up here in my feelings crying about women. That ain't no pussy shit to have emotions. Nah, but no, not have, having emotions is not pussy shit. But whining and drunk calling <laughs> women is very fucked up. You were young. That's, yeah. That's okay. That's the other part. Like, I was remember relating to these lines, and now as a 30 year old man, I'm like, man, that's some sucker shit. Cringe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? Like, but it's just. And then I also forgot how diverse he, some of the songs he was rapping over were. Like, because I used to love that Peter Born and John. Yeah. One, and then I tweeted that, and then they responded. They responded, and I was like, they oh, responded twice. I was like, <laughs> I was, oh, them niggas having a conversation. <laughs> it's like, this is dope as fuck. But I love that, and I love that. I think, I can't remember how to say her name. Like Eli. Like Eli. Yeah. That little bit, man. Drake was rhyming over some shit. Like, that nigga was really diverse. I swear he knows what the fuck he's doing. Like, yeah, it's so crazy. Every single one of his albums, even the ones that didn't do that well, they all just have such a distinct sound. Like, they're all different from each other. Yeah. But they all have, like, a really, like, calculated, like, sound and vibe. And, like, like that's how so many people remember his shit because they they tie it to those same memories like when you know what i'm saying like how many how many artists can you really think about that bring you back to a direct time in your life kanye besides Drake. kanye jay-z jay-z yeah but i think i wasn't experiencing most of jay-z's music in real time yeah to where different. i don't have right, a, right, right. a direct connection to it but you remember when you did start right kind of getting into it oh I was I was always a Jay Z fan, like Black Album, freshman year. That was my shit. Well, see, I was the one who had to learn music from friends. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like whether it was old school or like new shit. I want to thank Kaza for <laughs> introducing me to all the crazy shit I listened to. <laughs> yeah, my parents wasn't having that. We we were not allowed to listen, so I had to learn all that like in college. But still, like Drake just has that music that just. And then also. Part of the shit that's your favorite albums is based on the nostalgia factor. Yeah. Because that's what you connected to. That's why it's hard to cancel some people. Mm-hmm. 
because it's tied to your essence at the age of 20. True. Like, anytime I hear, like, Kid Cudi's shit. Oh, that's who I forgot. Kid a, Cudi. A kid named Cudi. My fucking name on everything is right. a kid named Juice, and I forgot a fucking kid named Cudi. <laughs> it's okay. But, yeah, it's just tied to it. Like, anytime I, that's why I got Pursuit of Happiness tattooed on me. <laughs> Even though I was listening to some dark shit back then, because I was really depressed. Yeah. Eight oh eight to heartbreak came out, and my, that was your shit. It came out my twentieth birthday. You cannot make this shit up while I'm having the worst depression of my entire life. So I listened to that album every fucking day. That album was your therapy. And then the fact that Drake rapped over "Say You Will." Yes, I did. was a fan. I I was like, yes. And he's rapping that sappy ass uh, schoolboy shit. And I'm right there with you, dog. I'm depressed over her, too. How you know her? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know Amanda Wiley. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> you terrible. <laughs> How literal should we take pieces of art? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, like how you were saying that the one that got away. No, like uh, how we interpret things. Oh. Should we get, like, if somebody doesn't say the exact right thing, should we give them a little bit of room and be like, but you can kind of see how it is? Yeah, I think we do that. I I think we've lost some of that. I mean, definitely we're in an era where we want to correct people or question what they mean when we kind of already have a hint. But I think we also, we hear people say stuff and sometimes we just let it kind of brush off. Like, I know what she meant. But I think we're so on edge, rightfully so, on some things that we are, we're not given like room to the idea of maybe I've just misinterpreted this. Yeah. Now, part of the reason I've thought about this is the concerted uh, efforts of misinformation that are out right now with everything. Mm-hmm. Let's just use uh, the Jesse Smollett thing. Yeah. Because I don't know what happened now. It's it's getting fuzzy. I'm leaning all the way towards that shit didn't happen. I just don't even care at this point. I, just, I don't either, but it makes me mad that if he did make that shit up, it makes me very mad actually. Mm. Why? Because it's just giving a talking point to some right wing troll that you can't fight against. Be like, "Mm, he's fucking right. If he made that shit up, he played on the idea that liberals will believe anything. Yeah. And he exploited it. Mm. For what? To try to shit on Trump supporters. If you were a Trump supporter, would you not feel a little mad? 
Yes and no. I mean, yes, probably because the Trump supporters don't see any wrong in anything that they do, but we get mad when people like when that dude Yeah, but the Trump his... supporters have a history of actually like performing hate crimes. Yeah. So But at the same time, anybody you can really do that with has a history of acting irrationally. Now it's, it looks like black people have a history of making well, up hate crime. It's going to always look like that to a racist. This is true. This is very true. <laughs> but, like, I understand that frustration a little bit. Like, I would be pissed. I mean, I get it. Like, you don't want your whole group of people or a certain community that you're associating with to be lied on like that. But that also plays into the resentment of that a lot of Trump supporters and white people feel the idea that they're just making up shit just to make us look bad. It's the same thing that we actually say about white people and they kind of have a point. But when else has something like this happened? It doesn't happen as much on our side. It happens a lot more on their side. Like the black lady, I mean like the white lady when Obama was running the first time, and said she got attacked by a black man and he carved a bee in her face. Come to find out she had clearly done it in the mirror because the bee was backwards. Or the uh the elderly white man who said that somebody oh, I was talking about black people though. Yeah, I'm saying that's what it only happens usually on the other end. So but that, now now they have one that you can They got one. But sure, they they're gonna take it and run with it, yes. But they got a big one. Like if if he made the shit up and he had them get a rope. Emmett if, Till was a big one. Yeah, but I'm talking about in the age of sensitivity now, I'm not talking about actual hate crimes because they literally lynched thousands of people. But I'm saying the idea that they got one that they can just put a trump card down, no pun intended, that this happened. Every all these black people and all these other people said that we did all this other shit and they were lying. Let's just wait and see what the courts release before we cuz I like I, I don't I don't know but we got to be able to take a L if we I were mean, all if, do- if it was some shit that's fake like hell yeah that like I would be disappointed. We can't be disappointed. We have to be a we have to cancel him. If we it, would. I don't know. Don't nobody fuck with Jesse Smollett that heavy. A lot of people were putting on. Only the Empire folk. No. More than just them. Then we'll cancel them. We'll but cancel. what we have to legitimately, we can't do that bullshit But cancel. how do we really cancel anybody though, for real? This is true, <laughs> but we have to actually execute this shit on this. Why do you feel so strongly about this more than anybody because else has been canceled? I don't. I mean, for one, I I feel that way about R. Kelly, Bill Cosby. But the reason I hate this is because, for one, he's on our side. And he just did something to fuck us up. Fuck up all liberals. Fuck with black people. By using... If, if indeed he did make this shit up. And he hired somebody to put a noose around his neck. Cancel that motherfucking nigga. 
I get it. But my thing is, is I never felt like any one person can fully represent us anyway, period. There are people that we claim and that we, you know, tell people that we want to represent us, but. But you can't play with this shit. To me, white people are going to think what they're going to think. I'm not even looking at it from a white standpoint. I'm just saying that's a I could see why they get mad about that. I'm looking at this as a black dude who has been trying to tell people about white supremacy and fighting against uh homophobia, right. transphobia. People do crazy shit sometimes. So but we just got to let it ride. Like we, No, but but that's the thing. We got to come out as strongly as we were riding for him. That's what I'm saying. Like, let it ride as usual. Like, with the whole canceling. If it's true, we'll cancel that nigga. But that also makes it to where, like, this is my other standpoint. This is where I'm coming from. Let's just use the Kamala Harris bullshit. Like, where people are saying that she said something that she didn't say. On multiple accounts. There's an act of, you remember a couple months ago or a couple episodes ago when we talked about how Facebook has found out the information that was used was targeted against black people? You're already seeing it happen now. Like not even on the conspiracy bullshit, but you're seeing flat out lies floating and gaining traction. And then when they have to go back and change it, you don't hear anything about it. Like the Kamala thing where she went on breakfast club. People said that she said that she was listening to Snoop Dogg and Tupac in college. That's not what she said. Charlemagne them came out and said that that's not what she said. And what happened? You didn't hear nothing about that. It's they're playing these tactics with us to where you can't trust your own eyes. Or your ears. And you're not doing enough research to really see if it's true. You're just seeing the headline. So then. Now, and then what happens when there's a serious hate crime? There's not much evidence. I just honestly feel like this is just how it's been already anyway. But we're, we're, this next election is the most important election of our time. I agree. We cannot afford to go the way where we let lies about Hillary Clinton get people from not voting. We can't afford. Kamala Harris is the most qualified person running on the Democratic side. And if you watched that Breakfast Club interview, you saw that she ready. I did. But everybody took it to a 10 seconds that didn't happen to ignore the 45 minutes of a black woman in her element. And as people are saying she's a cop, I'm not going to vote for her. Yeah. So if she win, you, y'all going to sit at home? If Bernie don't win, like like they said, y'all going to sit at home again and let Trump win? Okay. Don't bitch, man. That's where I'm at, like, with all this shit. It's time to quit playing with this shit. I mean, I get it, but I, what I'm saying is I've been there. <laughs> I've been like this. This is nothing new to me. But I, I hate to see it unfolding the exact way it happened the last time. Like, let me see. 
My, I'm coming off a little aggressive at you. I'm not meaning to. You are very angry. I'm mad at when you see something unfolding the exact same way. Like I saved. This is how Will is DC on Twitter. Trump is going to win a second term at this rate, and I hate all of you for learning absolutely nothing from election 2016. And this guy says, elaborate. The DNC is still trying to push non-viable centrist candidates. Russia, Twitter, Facebook haven't fixed vulnerabilities and bot issues. Tulsi, Jill Stein, Russia parallel. Meaning that um, during the 2016 election, after Bernie lost, the Russians were literally trying to get people to vote for Jill Stein instead of voting for Hillary Clinton. Dems have done no work to prepare for voter suppression. Have you seen anything? I thought... Um, That's what Stacey Abrams talked about in yeah. the response, but I haven't seen the Democratic Party trying to get on any of these issues. Trump has packed the courts and compromised judici- judiciary. The far left still purity politic and, and won't choose a candidate to support. Everybody's not fucking good enough. Hmm. I can't vote for Kamala because she's a cop. I can't vote for her because she didn't do exactly what I wanted her to do. Yeah. They won't stand behind a viable progressive Democratic candidate to unite behind. And while Trump's voter demographic is unwavering, votes more consistently I wish I had more but I mean that shit it makes me angry I mean yeah I could see that <laughs> and I get it cause I've been there but I feel like I've been there for so long I guess because I'm so I, numb to all this shit <laughs> I give more credence to these dumb motherfuckers then than I should and then stuff like this just bothers me like I mean rightfully so it's not like it's not important or but, not a big deal but the, like people don't see it man Whew, I blew my high that was depressing <laughs> I feel like we started off good and then we just kind of came down but everybody better wake up so, did you see anything about the Steve Harvey Monique thing? I saw the little clip on Twitter, like the one minute clip. The let, me, one- let me watch it again just to refresh my memory. Nothing I can do for her now. Steve, do you know how hurt 
stuck out to me <laughs> that it's a part where he's talking about I can't do this because it affects my livelihood my children's livelihood my grandchildren's livelihood I, all yeah, that bullshit I keep hearing that and everybody like nigga you rich as hell exactly your kids and grandchildren so, so that means don't shit. don't stand for nothing right right that's that Uncle Tom bullshit yeah he was talking to her like he was her motherfucking daddy I know like the way he was in her face yeah and then my whole thing is a lot of people do that shit just for likes to be like steve told her like it is and it's not for me and you likes if you catch my drift Mm -hmm. so there you just uh sambo and the working epic uh the working title i had for this episode was dark side of the coon Where did you see that? I just thought about it after I was seeing Steve Harvey cooing his ass off. Somebody had a Twitter thread of uh, fill in the blanks with Steve Harvey's face, and it was it was shit like that. <laughs> no, when they had that uh, video of him tap dancing, literally, I was fucking dead. And I like Steve Harvey. Family feud is family feud is funny. I mean, he's funny. But he's just, like, he be on that respectability politics bullshit. He over-polices. Over yeah, I ain't got no time for that. And, like, nigga, you from the fucking projects, as you said, <laughs> in the Kings of Comedy. I am from the projects. <laughs> then act like you're from the projects. Yeah, but that was a lot of people but, were talking about. And also, at the same time, we got to quit acting like Monique is a... Uh, a political prisoner. She just didn't know when to shut the fuck up. <laughs> Did they black this particular thing? Or no, I'm talking about the in general. In general. She burnt. She did. I mean, Steve Harvey was right about the part where she burned bridges. She did, and she was feeling herself. And in but, Hol- in but Hol- f- I'm sorry. You go for them though to, like she said to him, like. You don't tell me I'm right to my face and then say your other piece. Oh, very true. You know Keep the saying? same energy. Yeah. But also, she was supposed to play by a certain set of rules to them niggas. That's what they were trying to... I'm sure they were trying to say to her. Yeah. You got to play the game. And in a way, that's kind of what Steve Harvey was trying to say. He just didn't say that. He just didn't articulate himself well and he did too much. And he he's lost so much ground with people that Just we're like so many things <laughs> and i guess i am a hypocrite because i was literally talking about that with the jesse smollett thing about we have to hold him accountable but when i was watching that steve harvey um monique thing i kind of started thinking about these are really coming from two different sides of blackness one is the respectability politics thing and one is like on the you gotta stand for it and die for it mm-hmm it's almost like the Killer Mike and Envy debate on Breakfast Club, which is really a rich city nigga problems versus country <laughs> nigga problems. True. I mean, country mouse versus city mouse. <laughs> what? <laughs> nothing. 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 I'm on edge, bro. But nah. <laughs> um, because 
Envy was up there saying a whole like if you haven't seen the clip, uh, Killer Mike was on Breakfast Club. I think what two weeks ago. Mm. Might have been longer than that. But anyway, they I were. Think the, it was just last week, was it not? I think. It no, don't matter. But yeah. Anyway, but he was on there, and they were talking about a whole bunch of issues. And Cole Mike has been on his uh, his militant shit lately. So he was saying that, like, black people move up and move out, and we don't reinvest in our own communities, and we don't reinvest in our own schools, and we kind of have a white gaze. Like we do stuff thinking that just because white people do it. Like, as far as, like, private schools, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. If there are these white institutions, then they're automatically getting a better education than black institutions. Mm -hmm. And, of course, Envy got into his uh, caramel feelings (laughs) and was going at it. He was talking about uh, his his son is learning about real estate and all this because he's going to this uh, private school. And Killer Mike correctly was like, they're learning that because you're a world famous DJ. Right. In which Envy got even more in his feelings. Like I'm more than a DJ. I'm an entrepreneur. Nigga. DJ. I do not like DJ Envy. He's so fucking lame. He just, uh, and then like, he doesn't add anything to the show. And then, no, honestly, I could, I don't know. (laughs) He doesn't. And then, Angela E is the only intelligent one, and they don't She's listen the only to her. One that thinks rationally, but she don't hardly bring a whole lot either. No, <laughs> only if a guest is on her side will she be like, "See." Which I mean, I guess if you're around two dumbass niggas all day, you got to get verification from other enlightened individuals. True, true. Charlotte may be in and out. Oh, this is the last thing I guess for this segment. The T.I. Uh, song by Floyd. Yes. Um, fuck niggas. <laughs> did he actually put his face on it? Yeah. Okay. I didn't know if that was just for like. I, I think he, it, they digitized his face and made it look that way. Or right, that's why I assumed. But that's all hidden, bro. It is. But where are we though with that particular thing, though? Like with the Gucci thing? Yeah, or just in general. Whenever these brands blatantly show that they don't have black people working for them when they do these kinds of things, or they don't care about black people, the black dollar. Like a part of it is that I think a part of it is that it's hard to boycott some shit that most. Niggas can't afford. We can afford knockoffs. If we, if we ain't wearing knockoffs, then yeah. Most niggas can't go in the Gucci store and spend that, or they shouldn't. They shouldn't. If you ain't making hundreds of thousands of dollars a year, you probably shouldn't go to the Gucci store and ball out. So it's rich nigga problems too. So y'all, we are taking questions for our podcast. So if you want, if you want us to answer some shit, it's your chance. 
Roland's here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Sugar Baby. So I want to talk about Sugar Babies because I feel like I'm running into a lot of girls that glorify like hanging out with men who just want to pay for their shit because they want the company of women. Yeah. I feel like it's a dangerous territory because I feel like either you're just going to end up with like this weird ass creep that won't leave you alone or you're going to end up with some weird ass creep who then starts to like expect sexual things from you. Like if you cancel one date or something that they want to do, it's like, damn, like all this shit I do for you and you ain't even give me no pussy. Like, Shit, you know, like how you all just say crazy ass shit. I, I mean, <laughs> y'all know, hell, um, <laughs> y'all know that I got a potty mouth. But my thing is, it's like, what is it that like so many women romanticize about just somebody who will buy them food? Like I remember one girl was like trying to convince her friend to like go hang out with this old ass dude, and they're just like, but he's gonna buy our lunch and stuff and i'm just like bruh yo i've definitely heard women talk about when they uh like yeah <laughs> just prostitute themselves for meals but my thing is like, like, like you can't you you can't buy your own food why well, spend my money when i can spend your money no, get, I'm just get, <laughs> all i'm saying is women get you enough money to where you can buy your own food and do the other shit that you want to do like stop being so gung-ho for these weird ass creepy ass men just because you know they're gonna buy you a couple meals a week it's but not, i want to spend red's money it's just not that deep like i just i don't know i really i don't like i think i just really have a hard time relating to or understanding like that kind of behavior gold digger shit like that kind of stuff just really makes me cringe like i just don't like that women get comfortable in um bullshit (laughs) not even bullshit but just get comfortable in letting someone do things for them that they can do for themselves um there is like some women just don't even want to be independent they just want somebody to care for them just gonna play devil's advocate for you right quick isn't that the whole point of feminism that some women can choose to do that or that is the point of feminism but i just really it just makes me (laughs) that that just makes me cringe like i don't know i guess i just want people to you want the liberation of your people well, I just want women to, there's a difference in knowing that you can get up and go get it yourself and like resting in getting up and letting somebody else get it for you and being okay with just being lazy or doing the absolute least. I don't know. Like laziness to me just doesn't, I don't like it on anyone, men or, or women. Mm. <laughs> so... I feel you, but I think we've always done that. There's always been women that done that. Hell, one of the uh, some of women of our generation's favorite movie is Pretty Woman. I mean, yes, women have always done that, but now I'm just running into issues where more people around me are doing that, and I'm just like, but why? Because people are paying for it. Like, it's to the point where women literally have to, like, convince themselves to do this shit. Like, come on, like, 
Because I think some people gonna get our food. I'm just like (laughs) (laughs) food, (laughs) food, food. You mean the stuff that you could afford if you really just worked for it? Yeah, I was like, man, come on. Of all things, you can't get your own food. Like, you doing this for food? Whoa, it was steak. <laughs> I've literally heard that exact comment from somebody. You did that for a T-bow? <laughs> I don't know if anyone is watching anymore. Damn. <laughs> mm. So, mm. they rejected us. I'm just trying all these new filters. Mm. So we don't have any questions. I'm still just going to keep it going. We, I mean, we did start off on a crazy ass fucking tip. What do you mean? Like what we talked about? Selling pussy. <laughs> We're here just waiting on people to ask us questions. It's not about what we talking about. But speaking of this, there is a story I do have. Uh, actually concerning this so Uh -uh. there was a guy who i um i encountered with at work and they were uh he was trying to set up some stuff uh with his girlfriend why was that in quotations (laughs) because it made it obvious over time that she wasn't his girlfriend he would she was his sugar babe sugar daddy macking so he just started talking and he was like so that means that she was having sex with him though oh no he he spelled this out completely he was like yeah i ran it like i ran into her i was one of her tricks and i was like wait a minute and so he was just saying all this stuff and he was going into very explicit detail about how she was on drugs and all this other stuff and he was just trying to get her away from all these terrible men who were using and abusing her. And then the whole time he's just talking about this, he's talking to somebody else. And I was like, but you're doing that. With her. Yeah. <laughs> like you're not like, she doesn't have anywhere to go. You know that she doesn't have any money. You know that. But she knows you have all this stuff and you will. And he said, he was like, I just love to spoil her. And then he's like, you see your finger? <laughs> yeah, a little like old funky ring or whatever. And he was just saying all this shit. I kid you not one hour later. She goes to court and her case is dismissed. And she doesn't leave with him. Oh wow! After he had said he was gonna marry her and all this other stuff, I don't know. I just don't like the whole gold digger thing. Like, I ain't saying she a gold digger. Just get your own money, everybody, everybody. We gonna get this money, but people are always hanger ons. Even like not even from a a, a sugar baby, sugar dad situation people always around do that got it that loves to spend it we've all been around those people there are those people yes but i just feel it's it's one i don't know and then plus also the other thing is women do have agency they can say no to you 
And if you do something within certain legal standpoint, hypothetically speaking, then you should be held accountable for it. You're not always held accountable. So they do have the ability to say no. And if you've already bought them dinner and all this shit, that's on you, dog. My whole thing was just like, just be careful with it. When for women specifically, just to be careful oh, with definitely. it. Like it's just especially today. Like there's just way too many shits going on that could be avoided. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> Here we are. No one has <laughs> asked us any questions. What's going on? What's going on? Y'all always be talking about how y'all want to be on here. Now we live for y'all to talk and y'all ain't got shit to say. It's okay. But still, where y'all at? We're going to try this again. When you do it again, tell me if if you got Juice's number, call when we be on the show. (laughs) No. Why? You don't want call-ins? If we're not getting questions, ain't nobody going to call. I'll call before I call. At least not right now. It's too short notice for that. Out the blue. Okay, so let's talk about something else. Kaepernick. He settled. Um how do you how do you feel about Kaepernick settling? I guess he got what was out to him. Wait one second. Okay, so Colin Kaepernick settled with his collusion case. Him and Eric Reed both settled um, with the NFL. And like most businesses, they made them sign a non-disclosure agreement. So we don't know how much monies they, they got. actually got. Yeah, but it's rumored between fifty-five million and eighty million. Yeah, and so that says several things. One, they had information on them. They could prove their case. That's the only way the NFL was going to settle. They had information on Kaepernick? No. Or Kaepernick had information on the NFL? To prove that the NFL colluded to keep them out of football. Oh, yeah. that None of us are in disbelief about that. Some people are. No, I mean the ones that support Kaepernick. <laughs> I, I, I think some people thought it was going to be a stretch. They were wondering. Oh, well, at first, could they really prove it? But sure enough, they they did it. They did, um, approve it. I mean, they could prove it. Um. Now, some people feel like he shouldn't have taken the uh, the financial money of it. Even people that agree with Kaepernick, they feel like if the case had gone forward and the NFL's dirty laundry would have been out here about all the ways they colluded against them and all the things they said in text messages and emails and everything else, he could have brought the NFL down. 
Which is very true. Because you know these owners be saying crazy ass shit. Yeah, they do. All it takes is one N-word to slip. Grand opening, grand closing. (laughs) That's true. That's true. And then some people were speaking of the misinformation I was talking about. Some people the day before the uh, the settlement, the day before he was talking, there was a news uh, article that came out that you know what the AAF is. The Alliance of American Football. Oh, okay. So it's a team in Birmingham. They're like pretty much the minor league of the NFL. Mm-hmm. So they make, I think, 75000 a year. So the story floated that Kaepernick wanted $20 million to play in their little football league. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people on the right wing were like, well, I thought it was all about football. No, it was about y'all kept him from playing football. Yeah. It was a concerted effort to keep him from playing football, therefore going against his pockets. If you live $5 million a year lifestyle, let's just say, $75,000 ain't going to do shit. If you make what me and you make, and you have to cut that in half, I'm not going to work for McDonald's instead of, I'm not going <laughs> to leave my job and go work at McDonald's. True. So why do you expect a millionaire to, to pretty much go do that? Right. And then the other thing is football is a very dangerous sport. You're going to have to pay me, dog. Like. The health insurance ain't fuck no all, joke. Yeah, fuck all that other shit. Like, and then so. Fuck all that pretty Sean car. That's a nigga hoe. Like. So <laughs> I got into one of my best friends on Twitter. Oh, God. Because he was like He's a good dude It's just he wasn't seeing Like what We were saying What me and my brother were saying And other people were saying You know that clip of T.I. Where he's uh, They ask him is uh, Will he rap for his son mm-hmm. And T.I. is like I tell my son you can't afford me And he said and DJ Vlad was like, but you would charge your son? He said, hell yeah, I'm going to charge him. He got money. <laughs> he said, so you ain't going to cut him a deal? I'll cut him a little deal. But he going to have to pay me. Dog. But I'm still going to charge that nigga. <laughs> that's how that's how this Kaepernick shit is. Like, you going to have to pay me. If I'm going to be walking around with CTE for the rest of my life, or I might blow out a knee or some shit, yeah, you going to have to pay me, dog. True. And plus, a veteran's minimum, if he was in the NFL, is way more than 75000 Wow, that's a podcast I listen to. What? Veteran's minimum. It's about sports. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the shit. Like, so, people do that. I feel like they do that with athletes because most athletes are black. They try to lowball them. Mm-hmm. Take one for the team. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, be a team player. Whoa, he want all this money. You don't say that shit to the fucking owners. Fans don't say that shit when they're paying thousands of dollars for seats. This is true. Why should I have to lowball myself because you stupid? That's a good point. And that's what Bomani Jones said, too. Like, they were like, if it was all about the football, why didn't you, uh, why won't he play in the AFL? 
AAF. And he was like, just because your uh, broke ass has to make concessions about that doesn't mean everybody else has to make concessions about uh, their financial situation. True. Facts. Which is a humble brag that you ain't making no money. Broke nigga. (laughs) (laughs) This is going to be a real angry episode. It is. It is. (laughs) I did not receive this coming. (laughs) You have some misplaced anger? I think I did. I think I do have some misplaced anger. I I feel I don't know. Where does your anger belong? It's not at one person. Hmm. <laughs> but it's kind of at one person <laughs> but maybe it's the uh resurgence of this drake album hmm. playing drake along with this got you in your feelings mm-hmm. kiki oh, you right. <laughs> uh, uh trap money benny but it's just something about it that it is triggering so i've been replaying a lot of shit from the past and it's weird to like I think I've progressed on some stuff but still at the same time I'm still that insecure kid that's trying to figure the world out so but what do you think will get you past that I don't know I need a win man I need a win I got a lot of problems. (laughs) I mean, this is literally everything that I be saying to you every week. And you're always like, what I'm trying to say is I'm sorry. But maybe (laughs) you're not, or you're interpreting. I'm like, no, I'm angry because this is patterns that I've seen before. And I know what this is. Like, I know that this is some fuck shit and it sucks because I'm out here being genuine as hell, letting my guards down with people and people just want to screw you over because nobody's ready for what you're ready for. There, but I guess it hit me because, like, really, I was like, "Yo, I need to go get a haircut." <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, "Yo, I need to go." You get- should try a new cut. Try a little fade, not a boosy fade, but just a you know a little tiny fade. I mean, yeah. Or get a little get a little design. Well, last time I got my haircut, this shit grew back quick. I don't know why. Get a part. Bring back some 1960 I, shit. I have a get that uh that Christmas addicts part. Get it. Get a make get a get a man makeover. Get you a new fit. Get a cut. Might help me. But. Get out. Ooh, Quantiphonics is doing their show at um the lumberyard, and the proceeds are going to the Jemison High School band Chicago trip. It's ten dollars. Quantiphonics Element Twenty One, and um. I think some other act is going on. It starts at eight. That could be a thing. Um, Saturday, the 23rd. That's Saturday, right? Yeah. I think. Yeah. I'll go, I guess. You should go. Get you a swaggy fit, my nigga, or like. A really hard R. That's where we're at, Kimberly. No, I said nigga or. (laughs) Oh, a certain nigga. (laughs) I guess it ran together. Ooh, Yikes. My bad. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Um, 
nah, but nigga, get you a little swaggy fit or put throw your suburban gear on, swag that out, get your cut, come out, let's drink, let's have a good time, good music, vibe out. I got my pen, we can hit that shit, have a good ass time. No, nah, fuck that dog. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I just realized I'm fucking depressed. <laughs> We've been talking about anniversaries lately. And I believe this is, I'm not looking it up right now, but I believe on February 24th, 1999. Juvenile put it for the nine nine and the two thousand. Was it? So it was twenty years ago this week. Damn. Damn. Back that ass up. It's twenty we years old. old. Yes. <laughs> Back that ass up. It's twenty years old. That is crazy. We say nine nine and two thousand and don't even be thinking about what it this actually was, means. It was twenty years ago. We don't be doing the math. The weird thing is that I always play the album version because Juvenile 400 Degrees is one of the greatest albums of all time. Then it just it comes back around to Drake and practice. Yeah. <laughs> Even though I, I ain't gonna lie, I was mad as that fuck. That was an emotional album, yeah. too. Girl, you waking with some ass, yeah. You bad, yeah. <laughs> Make a nigga spend his cash, yeah. Girl, you look good. What's your bag, that ass? Are you a fine motherfucker? What's your bag, that ass? Up? Drake was out of pocket for that. Baby, them should not have let him do that. I went. I was here for it. I love Anthony doom, for strippers. Doom, 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 I, and I did uh, go down a rabbit hole where uh, Rap Genius, or Genius as is now known. I'm showing my age. Uh, they had an interview where they discussed how Manny Fresh came up with the beat of it. That shit is crazy. Like, just the fact that everything was planned in it. So he mastered this amazing-ass fucking track. I need to take a look at that. And then the way he used the strings and stuff, and you're just like, yo, Manny Fresh is... (sighs) I've always loved Manny Fresh, though. He was always my favorite member of Cash Money. That's when I always liked the producers, though. (laughs) <laughs> I always like the producers more so. But Manny Fresh was in his bag in that era. Yeah, this is true. And like, he just had that distinct sound. Yeah. Like you know it's a Manny Fresh beat when it come on. Like between back that ass up and uh ha, Manny Fresh could retire and be known as one of the greatest of all time. Now, Juvenile's flow on high is what makes it crazy, but Manny Fresh is something else. That's why I, car- I always thought Carter 1 was better than Carter 2 or 3 to me, because Manny Fresh produced it from top to bottom. Hmm. And that was the last Cash Money album that he produced before he walked away. Nigga, I swear you can run a fucking hip-hop museum. <laughs> Originally, I wanted to just do a hip hop podcast, but I was like, "That's oversaturated." <laughs> yeah, 
always thought it was a better idea to have us waxing poetically on other issues. I, um, <laughs> that murder on my mind track is still funny as fuck to me. And it's so sick that I think it, because I literally had never heard that song until I saw he was arrested. Like, he made a song called Murder on My Mind. Let me go listen to this shit. And now, it it must be the same way that uh, I, like niggas felt when Bobby Smurder was literally celebrating catching a body a week ago. Oh, my god! And gosh. niggas were dancing in the club. Yes, they were. Niggas nights were made <laughs> for hearing that song. Shout out to my nigga Benji, who is not a nigga, but y'all know that I call all my niggas niggas. And y'all can't call me no nigga, but my niggas is my go. niggas, but <laughs> your niggas is not your niggas. <laughs> Benji is my best friend. He was one of my roommates, and uh, they were literally trapping at one point. And they like they all went to jail. Like it was some real shit. So I've roomed with him after all that was over. But he told me when I moved in with them, he told me that that was his song back when he was trapping. <laughs> and when you, if you know Benji, number one, like his name alone should tell you this is a white dude. <laughs> Benji is like this white dude. He wears glasses. Uh, kind of gives me where's Waldo vibes. So just thinking about him being in the trap. <laughs> And Bobby Schmurda as his theme song, it just really made my day. It was hilarious. That was one of Chance's favorite songs before he died. <laughs> like, he used to do the dance and all. One of my last memories with Chance in the club was when we were at Rush and he's doing the dance. <laughs> like, bruh, niggas were losing their mind off of Bobby Schmurda talking. About a week ago. He imagined if that's your like love uh one and that song come on and you like, oh this nigga. Sorry. I'm did trying you, to see who else watched our live. Did you not see the boosie thing? No. It was a weird. There's no correlation. No, like, but it was like when he said it, everybody was like, "These two things what? do not match." <laughs> what does one have to do with the other? That's what I'm saying. That's where the what? homophobia comes in. Like he was trying to, to shit on Jussie Smollett being involved with dicks, and it just turned into this whole like. But let me. I gotta play. And then to bring women into it too, like that ain't we ain't got nothing to do with that shit. Niggas always find a way to shit on women about something. So why are you saying dick is gay shit though? But I don't. He's not saying. He said, "Like I'm gonna give him a little country." What he's saying is, he just said he ain't got nothing against it, but he said chill with it, and then said dick will have you fucked up. No, like he's, men are the only ones that are. No, because people were saying people were saying that he was advocating for sex with men. Like the the homophobic people came out. Saying that Boosie was gay for saying that people be digmatized. 
So that's what he was going against. But he was literally saying that anybody can be digmatized if they like dick. Yeah, but he started off with y'all need to chill with that gay shit. Yeah. <laughs> but he was responding to people saying that Boosie is oh. gay. So he wasn't necessarily coming from a homophobic place, even though it sounded in that clip that way. Mm. It's just weird. It is weird. It still didn't have nothing to do with the whole thing. No. I mean, this is the homophobic part. If Jesse Smollett was straight, what would be the talking point? Right. And that's the homophobic part of it. It's just, it just kept getting weirder and weirder. And it was like, I don't like. I don't. 2019 is a weird fucking year, bro. I don't listen to Boosie Politics. Nah. Or, or. Now, here's something I did want to talk about a couple weeks ago, but I, I kept forgetting. Um, and since it's Black History Month, I said I think we should salute this uh, great moment in uh, powerful negatory. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, Ruckus. I think it sounded like a two. That shit was dope, bro. Uh, when Boosie had that magician come to the house and he turned the dove into a box of Popeyes is one of the greatest moments in black Twitter history. I think I remember that. Because only in Atlanta could that shit happen. Where a powerful, rich rapper could have a magic show at his house and bring the blackest magician <laughs> ever. And which this nigga decides to light a dove on fire and turn it into a box of chicken. Powerful negatory. <laughs> People won't even believe that that's me saying it. That shit is dope, though. History in the making, I guess. I miss the boondock so much. I'm all over the place now. Fuck it. I miss the boondock so much. Because that Catcher Freeman episode is one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. Oh, look at that nigga swing from tree to tree on some old Tarzan shit. <laughs> <laughs> and the fact that Regina King, the goddess, is both Huey and Riley always makes that shit crazy. Like, did you ever see the video where she's voicing them back and forth while recording? Like, yeah. where they're arguing? A queen. The way she can go in and out of each character. <laughs> when she does Riley, the, her uh, facial expressions are so like Riley that you're like, that shit is crazy. She uh, she deserves a lot more. And hopefully she wins at the Oscar this weekend. Hmm. I forgot about that. Did you, what? you didn't watch any of the Grammys. It's award season. Mm-mm. How do you feel about black people like should we care about these major award shows i mean or what how do you feel i feel like we 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 if we are on a list to be recognized we should participate i agree Especially because we have to have a seat at the table. Right. We don't need to just not be in conversation because essentially that's what we think that they want, right? Is for us to not be a part of it. So we don't need to just not show up 
even when we're nominated. Now, the people who don't aren't nominated, they aren't performing. They don't want to support whether they're invited or not. Like, well, not or not, because you can't go if you're not. <laughs> but how you gonna hate from outside the club? You can't even. Right, right, right. The people who don't have anything to do with the Grammys for that year not going. That's fine. Like I get that. But I just feel like if your name on the list for some shit, be there. Now how do you feel about the Drake thing where When they sp- cut him off or whatever? Yeah. I mean he was spitting that real shit. He was. Did they cut him off before time though? They cut him off mid sentence. No. Well. They cut him off in this I mean, he was dissing the body that just gave him an award. True, but but they always want hip hop people to perform at their shit, but they never give us any of the major awards. But that's what that's another reason why we need to go. At least so if you do get a chance, you can speak your shit before they cut you off. But they also did that shit where they, they gave Beyonce and them that Grammy just so like they'll think about coming the next time they put some shit out. What Grammy? They won for uh their album. Oh, Everything is Love. Yeah, I think they were on Urban Contemporary, mm. which is the Negro Leagues. They're making all these black-ass wars just to keep black people fucking winning. But as soon as Eminem comes in, <laughs> or this is what it used to be, as soon as Eminem is one of these black-ass categories, he wins. Mm-hmm. Or Macklemore. I'm very surprised they didn't give it to Mac Miller. I thought they would, too. And I really wouldn't have had a problem. Same. Because for one, most of the hip hop, the fact that Kanye West never won album of the year is complete bullshit. Also true. But yeah. A seat at the table. We should never miss our opportunity for a seat at the table. But you also have to be weary of the table. And don't put us at the kids' table because that shit is bullshit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't want to hear about my young ass cousins' fucking problems. They're twelve years old, nigga. <laughs> I am strung out. <laughs> I am drunk every weekend, <laughs> and I'm trying to stay in college. <laughs> Facts. <laughs> Why I got to sit at the goddamn kids' table? I think y'all niggas need to sit at the kids' table. But yeah. And keep us out of the minor leagues or the Negro leagues. No disrespect to the Negro leagues. It's just that Negro leagues were only started because y'all kept us out of the shit. Right. Like, stop acting like we're not a part of the main culture that everybody is out here. Right. Let's not act like participating in. Hip hop is the greatest American art form of all time. Go with jazz and go with blues and go with rock and roll. But hip hop is the voice of the people. They took fucking instruments out of fucking inner city schools and niggas rigged up electric equipment and made music out of it. <laughs> That's some sick shit. That's what we do. Make uh gourmet food. Out of the scraps. Yep. And y'all rock with it. Y'all just don't rock with black bodies.
deuce drops mic i don't know like <laughs> thanks for listening you can find me on twitter at curvy brown girl and you can find me at a kid named juice you can follow our instagram at sub underscore urban pod or follow our facebook page also at sub underscore urban pod you can find our episodes on itunes soundcloud spotify and google podcasts some of the music provided on today's episode is thanks to our good friend Corey battle you can find him on soundcloud at djc battle new episodes are available every thursday